Okay, we are live. Uh, just want to say welcome everyone to the first Abruna Taboo podcast. And I would like to welcome Karin. Hello. First Hello, James. Yes, very honoured. You're welcome. Karin, would you like to introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are and oh, to the meeting? Thing. Yep. <laughs> My name's Corinne Jordan-Goff. Um, I'm a humanist celebrant, funeral celebrant. Um, I don't do weddings or namings. Um, and I've probably been doing it now for, I think I'm coming up to maybe my third or fourth year. So, yeah, time goes very quickly. It does in this industry, yeah. It does. <laughs> yep, indeed. So, could you tell us a little bit about what it means to be a humanist funeral celebrant? Um, what it means to me is to give people a meaningful goodbye without religion. Um, humanists, humanists are, are very um, kind of more scientific based. We don't, you know, humanists by, by and large. I don't know if you've ever seen the blue dot. I haven't seen the blue dot, but my understanding of um, humanism is the scientific method wins out. It's, it's the sort of be all and end all of, of what, what you guys believe uh, as, as humanists. Now, I yeah. could be misrepresenting that. I don't think I am. I think that's about right, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's a scientific approach that kind of says this is the one life that we know we have. Mm. Um, there is nothing afterwards. So live this life as well as you can. How does that translate to, to me doing funerals? Um, it's an inclusive kind of belief so for, for me the family is always at the center so if I mean it would be a non-religious funeral but if it was important to some of the family that some religion was included mm. we, we've spoken about this privately haven't we that yeah you are prepared to to say those words and to yeah, if it was, if somebody wanted, you know, the Lord's Prayer, I would assume if if a family want the Lord's Prayer, they they are happy to say it. So mm. I would always ask if somebody could lead it. But at the end of the day, it's about all working together. It's 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 not about me. No, and later on, I hope we can go back to that point because I've got a few issues with. Again, we're talking about funerals, but things regarding that approach, which I completely agree with, but I want to talk to you in depth about that after we get through the humanist bit, if you like. Yeah. Just remind me, I don't want to forget that. <laughs> okay. Um, now, I've been doing this a little bit longer than yourself. In that when this is my 22nd year. Wow. Uh, yeah. 22, so, so 15 years of age. 
And wow. yeah. Did you bit... always know you wanted to do to go into the business? I know it's, it's a family business, isn't family, it? Family business, yeah. In honesty, no. I didn't know I always wanted to. And in fact, when I was when I was 15, I, I probably rebelled against it quite a lot. But it didn't take long for me to realise that actually I, I this is gonna sound dark, I feel like I was born to do this job. Yeah. Sounds it sounds bizarre to some, but that's genuinely I have tried to do other jobs. It never works out. I'm I'm not supposed to do them. And it's weird because I, I I trained as a plumber, believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. I trained as a plumber. Um I was a kickboxing instructor for a little time. Um always okay when I'm doing it as a hobby. As soon as I tried to make it a job, it all fell apart and it, ne it never worked. The only one that ever stuck was was funerals. And, and you know, I'm a trained embalmer, I arrange, I conduct funerals. And it, it what, so. what is it about funerals, the industry that you that really ticks your box? Well, for one, and it's, I know it's a word that we can't avoid, industry. I hate using the term oh, yeah. because it's to me it isn't that. It's it's a job that I'm able to do where I can genuinely help people with the skill set I have, and that that means more to me than anything. Would you say it's more like a vocation yeah, rather than an industry? Yeah, it, and that, this is how it should, it should be, in my opinion. Yeah. It should be that, because there is an awful lot of businessmen at the moment that are doing this job, but mm. they're not very good funeral directors. No. More than happy for that opinion to be put out there, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think, I think it's the sad not not sad but people don't know whether the service that that they're being given is good or whether they're accepting something that is is that they could have better because it's not something that you that you do unless you need it i heard a stat that your average person will probably only have to deal with two deaths in their lifetime arranging funerals on average, it's two, you know, so some will be more, some will be less. But on average, it's two. Over the course of a lifetime, how can you possibly make a judgment on that? Yeah. It's so tough. I, I guess part of the reason why I'm, I'm doing this is because I want the reality of what we do to be put out there and not what you're seeing on these, these silly TV shows where they're sensationalising everything. Um, of, of what happens I would say the majority of people that go unheard mainly I will say independent small family run companies mm. are unheard because they're doing their job correctly they're helping families and they're not dressed like peacocks and making a show of themselves it's a big issue that I, I really want to sort of delve into and it, it, mm. I think it's a problem, if I'm perfectly honest. It's a problem in our, our approach to death because no one wants to talk about it. I know. No I one. know. Again, another reason why I want to do this. And, and it's, still, it's still that, you know, brew and taboo. 
the taboo thing, you know, if you talk about it, if you plan your funeral, it's almost like you're saying, oh, that's it now. I've tempted fate. Yeah. Oh, it's going to happen. It's trying to get away from that and thinking, no, this is the last thing that you will really ever have any control over. Absolutely. And if you want something, you should, you, you should plan it. I mean, my, my advice to anyone out there would be try and actually get to know who your funeral director is. Don't just walk in mm. and judge them on even first impressions because you need to get to know them. This person's mm. taken you on your last journey. Yeah. And we always slow down the arrangement process as much as possible. I know it sounds daft because we don't want to rush it and we want our families to know us. 90% of my work is repeat. It is repeat. Yeah, nice. They know me and they know my family. And, and that's what I want, is, is that honest approach to funerals. And I want it to be put out there. And quite frankly, at the moment, what I'm seeing is the opposite. What I'm seeing is a load of self-importance and money-grabbing, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. But I wonder if things might have been different had it not been for the pandemic. This has been going on a long time. Yeah. This has been a long time coming if I'm perfectly honest, long. Yeah. yeah the, the pandemic has brought a lot of it to the surface, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's important. It's important to be known in, in your community. So I know that you do, you get, you get a lot of people that you're known to the family. Yeah, and even the ones where I may not have had that opportunity to have spoken to the family. One of the arrangers, mm. who you know very well, yep. would introduce, you know, say James will be there on the day. Yep. He will guide you through. And, you know, I, quite often I'll come to the door and I'll say, oh, you James? Yeah, I'm James. Let's, I'll guide you through. Let me, let me take you through this step by step. Mm. And it's, it's the way I feel it should be done. You're just treating that person with that family touch, you know, because as soon as they start, they decide they want to come to us, it doesn't just mean family company. It does not mean that you're just coming to a family company. It means you're going to become a part of it. Mm. And we're going to look after you like you're one of our, one of ours. Mm. And I say that from experience because I've actually embalmed and conducted my grandmother's funeral. And was I was present when both my grandfather and my grandmother passed away. Taking care of them myself. Although I didn't do my grandfather's embalming, I wasn't qualified at the time. I, I would have done. I did did my grandmother's and I conducted the service. So I would not do for another family what I wouldn't do for my family. What I yeah. go out and do on a daily basis is what I would do and what I have done for mine. For my own. Yeah. It's important. It is important. It is, it is terribly important. I think it's kind of quite good to have to have dabbled in other jobs. Like I've had a very, my, I've had a real meandering path to get to here. But this is this is the job that 
I really, I feel all my roads have led to here. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I remember you saying you had a bit of a theatrical background, is that right? Yeah, well, I started, when I when I left school, I, um, I left school with no qualifications, but I knew I wanted to go into law. I'd known I wanted to go into law since I was a teenager, early teens, and... Um, I'd got myself a job. These were the days when you could just leave school and you had your job lined up and it was those easy. And when I was working there, um, I realized that I needed qualifications. So I came out of law, went to college, got my O-levels, got A-levels, and then I trained to become a legal executive which I enjoyed. I, I did enjoy that. But I always felt there was something missing. So the year I qualified as a legal exec, I'd already been going to drama classes at Morley, which was kind of a semi-professional setup. So I was working all day. And then three nights a week, I would go up to Westminster and do drama. And I was lucky that the year I qualified, I won a scholarship to go to drama college. So I went to Alra, which was over at Swansworth. So I jacked in law and went off to drama school, um, which was great. Loved it. Loved the experience. And from there, to to get my equity card, I did stand-up comedy and I wrote... And I worked with lots of other different companies and worked. I was okay. Um, I worked for quite a while and then kind of life takes you off because then fringe was very big and you just didn't earn much money from it. Mm. So because I went to drama school as a mature student. So then I needed money to live. And so then I started temping and I worked for Price Waterhouse and, and other places and banks. And, and it kind of took me away a bit like yourself. I, I then trained to, to be a beauty therapist. I thought, that's great. I can do that. I do that at home. Then I realized, no, actually, I don't, don't really enjoy doing that. I like it done to me. <laughs> I don't want to do it to anybody else. Um. Then I was working for asset management, mainframes, servers. That, that was that was interesting. But again, not really. I've done so many things. At the end, my husband said, Corinne, please do not get another qualification. I do like a certificate. Yeah, I do. I do like a certificate. Anyway, so then the children came along. And um, we moved out, we moved to West Wickham and I started working in a retirement place, Glebe, um, yeah, it's not Glebe Power, Glebe Housing Association. And um, and that's when then I, 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 that wasn't fulfilling me. And I just got to the point of thinking, I'm tired of keep retraining everything. I always felt that I threw out the bathwater, the Mm. baby with the bathwater. And then I'd start again. And, I, and also I qualified, I, I did the first part of my counselling training. Mm. And I thought, I, I want to do something where I use everything that I've learnt so far. 
and I was one of those people that had the, the kind of eebie-jeebies about talking about death and death was something you just didn't look at. It's something that happens to other people. Yeah. Don't, don't look at it too closely. Don't talk about it. And it's almost as if you talk about it, you're, you're wishing it upon you or someone. Yeah. Else. Yeah, you're inviting it in. So I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to investigate this. And then I started looking into it and found celebrancy. And that uses everything that I've ever learned. Because you are, as you know, you wear you wear so many hats. You are, a, you know, you're a therapist. You are a counsellor. People talk to you. People tell you things that they would never tell anybody else. And you have to be able to hold a family. Yeah. And, and they have to feel held and they have to feel supported. And what you do and what I do are both support, but they're two very different Absolutely. types of support. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm obviously not so much at the moment, sometimes previously sitting there with my hand around people to guide them to something they don't necessarily want to do. No. They don't want to be there. Um, and it's, it's good to tell them, yeah, this is going to be all right. You're, you're going to get through this and you're, it's going to be tough, but you are going to be all right. Mm. And so my, it's probably the same as you, my, feeling on a successful funeral is when you see that person or that family a little way down the line and and you ask them how are you doing I'm still thinking about them but I'm happy you know I'm I'm okay mm. you know I, I've I can deal with it now the loss and I, I can move on and that means the world to me and I'm sure it would mean the world to you I don't mm. know how much contact you have with families after the event it, it depends, not, not a great deal, because I'm. for us, it's a bit like being a ship. You kind of, you're, you're, you're kind of part, you're, you're very important mm. for a very short space of time. And then people continue on their journey. So I do have, I do have families that come back and, and you, you know, always use me again. And, and that, that's nice because I've built up. I know who I'm talking about because I already know the family. And I always feel so privileged when that happens because that's, as you know yourself, when somebody comes back, that's you, you know that what you have done yeah. has been the best that you can do and it has mattered. Yeah, it's helped. And, and that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, I was going to ask, when it was coming to your, right, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to go look into this celebrant thing. Did you think about the spiritual side? Did you think maybe I'll go down the spiritual route? Or was it always going to be humanism? Was it always that scientific method that you were told? No. No, I, I looked at a couple, but Humanist UK offered... For me, I felt the best training right. um, and the best support. Um, and we had, a, we, you know, I had a, a meeting, I had an interview with them. Um, it was over Skype. And I, I was quite, I was quite honest. And I said, you know, I, I, 
in the absence of anything coming back and telling, nobody has come back and told me that there is something else there. Mm. So I'm, this is the one life that we know we have. Um, and we, we kind of, we went along that path. But no, I, I wasn't a humanist before. I, I, no, I wasn't. You know, so, some people have been, you know, have been involved with Humanist UK for years mm. and are very committed. And no, I, that, that, that wasn't what drew me to it. Mine was more for the training. Okay. And I, I knew that I, that non-religious funerals was something I was interested in because I don't, it, it, it's a tricky one because I, I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine um, a few days ago and that my colleague said you know what would you do if you know the family were there and they didn't have you know nobody wanted to to to, to say the lord's prayer or something I said it'd be really tricky for me because I am a trained actress mm. and the family for me, is the most important thing, far more important than my beliefs. And humanism should be inclusive. It shouldn't be exclusive. So I would do whatever my family needed me to do. I felt whatever they needed me to do, I would do it. That's one of the points I've always... I think when we first met, um, I even brought this up to you, if I remember rightly. I, I met you in the... In, Beck and crematorium in the vestry there and we were talking mm. about um maybe you taking some service and i said well yeah but humanists won't say prayers and stuff if the family require them and you and i will if needed if they yeah, I'd, i'll always try and get the family to say it and i'll always say to the family you know if, if you want this i'm taking it because you believe so you, you don't want me to say it who doesn't believe yeah. and you were honest with me but, because i think that's what you said to me then and for that, I was like, hmm, okay, well, you've immediately changed my opinion on what a humanist is because my previous experience, I'll be honest, has been very, very dogmatic. Although in recent years, I will say there's some, some others that I have worked with and they've been absolutely fantastic. And um, so if they are listening, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about... Um, it's, it's the early trailblazers. Yes. And I think we're still, we're, we're kind of, we're working hard against that stereotype of there are celebrants and then there's a humanist. Yeah. It's working, trying to work against that and saying, no, it, it is, it should be inclusive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you are doing a good job of that. Of, of getting rid of that stigma. It, it, I'm not going to lie and say it's not still there. It is still oh, there. Oh, it's still there. It's, it's definitely still there. still there. But I think you're doing a good job with people like you. And there are some others whose name, I, I won't mention them because they haven't no. got permission. But I think we, you probably know. Yeah. And um, they're doing a good job of breaking down those barriers and saying that I'm a humanist. If you want a prayer, maybe you could say it. And I'm, I'm happy yeah. to Whereas what was happening before was, well, I would like a prayer. Well, you don't want a humanist. Exactly. And then that goes then 
back to the funeral arranger who then now has another job to do. Oh, right. So now I've got to go and find somebody else. Well, then why don't I just cut out the humanist and go straight for the civil celebrant that will do a bit of whatever's asked? Yeah. And it's like, no, if we want to get our message out, this is, but this is just my, my belief. Yeah. If we want to get the message out there, we need to work with, with people. There's no point being, being this exclusive little niche market that doesn't, that isn't out there and isn't working. Completely agree with you. I mean, the civil celebrant um, position, they have filled a niche in the market that people from both sides of the spectrum want. You know, and and they've gone that way. But there's no, in my opinion, there's no real reason why a humanist could not also be in that position. The difference is the humanist is telling the family no, and the civil celebrants going, well, let's work that in. So that's the that's the the appearance. So that's the, the the preconception of 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 what a humanist is. Um, it's it's going to take time for, for that to change because I'm pretty sure you you must have stalwarts still in the organisation that are saying, well, they we we have got to stick to our guns and we have got oh, to. It's it's a never ending discussion, and it was only it was only on the website on on one of the forums a few days ago. It's yeah, it, but see, the thing is as well is I would, I would also say that the majority of funerals that I get or that I conduct have come to me for me. Hmm. I can count the number of, of no, I want a humanist set on, on two hands. Yeah. Other than that, people you know, funeral arrangers use me and work with me because of me. I'm, it's me that's selling. This and goes back to and my th- point of getting to know the person. This is yeah. why it's so important. So yeah. You get and I always, sorry. No, go ahead, please. I was going to say, and I, I, I always say to a funeral arranger, come and see me work. Mm. Come and see what I do. So that you know, when you're when you're pairing me with your families, what 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 I'm offering. But a lot a lot don't. A lot of funeral arrangers never get a chance. Do they? It might be different now with the pandemic, and now we've got live streaming. Definitely. The, um, what would happen before that? Because of the privileged position I'm in, I'd watch you. What's yeah. your services? And so, because I think again, I met you, and thought, actually, do you know what? I quite like her. Let's see what what her services are like. And I would have a little peek and make sure. And then I phone back to the office, say, do you know what? If you've got a suitable job for Corinne, let's yeah, let's let's put her forward because she does a nice service, and it's it's not what I expected, if I was honest. And here we are. Well, yeah. I mean, I I just do believe that. The most humanist thing we can do is to be inclusive. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems bizarre that a group called humanist, which is, you know, to involve all humans, is the only, it seems to segregate people. <laughs> From, mm-hmm. You know, you, well, you've got religious beliefs, so I'm not going to 
say those words or I'm not going to allow you to say them because of, of hundreds of thousands of years of religion that's been ingrained in society that is not yeah. going to overnight. Yeah. No, yeah, it's... Yes, that little by little. Just to say, just to play devil's advocate, on the opposite side and to say, or the stalwart humanists, you know, saying, well, look, hang on a minute. We are humanist. If they don't want, if they want a prayer, then maybe we aren't the right people. You know, we are humanist. We believe in the scientific method. It's not about giving prayers and, and saying that. These are our beliefs, if you like. This is our dogma. Mm -hmm. It's no different. So you, you, you're not going to have a Jewish service in a Church of England church. No. You know, there is that view. And I, I do understand that. I just lean more to your point of view. And well, it's mine as well, that, you know, you're humanists. You're supposed to be inclusive of everyone and go, right, you do have these beliefs. I will explain my point of view. As long as you trust that and you understand where I'm coming from and you think there's someone else in the service is going to appreciate those words, then I'm going to say them. And, and it's a way of doing it as well. Mm. You know, you, you can do it in a way that you're not compromising your own um, beliefs. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, yes, you know, Fred wasn't religious. However, there, are, there may be people in the congregation or there are people in, you know, here with us today that do have religious beliefs and will and may find comfort from hearing the Lord's Prayer. So will you join the family? There's ways of, of doing it that that doesn't turn it, that doesn't need to turn it into a religious ceremony, but, get, but supports people that will take comfort from that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Now, if it's okay with you, I would like mm. to what we what I was talking about before with the funeral director, and I would like to actually ask your opinion on what would be my role in a funeral service and what you've experienced with funeral directors. Okay. As delicately as possible. 